This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cover 49. This is a little bit different. Uh, I do appreciate everybody that listened today to our first podcast that we put out there. Uh, this one is a little different as in I will be hosting again, Tesh, if you don't recognize my voice, but I have my main man, uh, Ramon. But before I get into that, I think I found myself a little gem here in Ramon. Um, he'll, 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 he'll talk to you about what he does, what he does uh, for school, what he's trying to do for his master's degrees and all that kind of stuff. But he's a smart dude. And he's cracked the code of recognizing how the salary cap works. Also, he's cracked the code of uh, recognizing how Parag works. So uh, with that being said, go ahead, Ramon, take the mic. Yeah, uh, my name is Roman. And um, honestly, uh, I just got done with my bachelor's degree from San Jose State. Um, I want to do a master's in data analytics. Uh, if I do a thesis option, which I probably will do, I want to do it on football analytics, player evaluations, how much is a player worth. For us, for example, this past year, it was – is DeForest Buckner worth 20 million or is he worth the first round pick and being able to do those determinations and also fantasy football data, you know, being able to predict what people are going to play, uh, people are going to format game by game, getting all that done. And that's something I'm really passionate about and something I do in my free time anyways. So, and I met Tess through Twitter and, and like, Hey, I, we, we both got along and I'm excited to keep making these podcasts. Right, exactly. And uh, so, like I said, that this podcast, this particular podcast is more analytics driven, and that's where the NFL is moving. Uh, there is a bunch of teams that have a whole analytics staff that is talking consistently to the coaches uh, from the New England Patriots, the Indianapolis Colts, to the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you name it, teams have it, the Baltimore Ravens off the top of my head. Um, so everybody's trying to get the comp- competition edge, and this is a competition edge. With analytics, a big part of analytics is the quarterback play. And so that's what we want to bring to you guys today. Um, I know that there is a lot of talk in in, in, uh, 49ers Twitter about uh, quarterback play, and it's almost like a civil war in in Twitter right now. It's either either you want a different quarterback or we need to stick with Jimmy G and that uh, we need to support Jimmy G and that we need to do everything that we can to make sure that Jimmy G feels comfortable. And before we get started, I know I'm rambling on a little bit. Uh, let's say if we don't trade for anybody, and let's say we don't pick up anybody, Jimmy G's got to be professional enough to put his feelings aside and go out there and perform to be the best quarterback he p- gets paid to do. I think that comes with the territory. And all these people that are on Twitter, I don't want to attack anybody. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a, a keyboard warrior, right, As, if you will. Uh, but – Jimmy G's a grown man. He's got millions of dollars. He doesn't care what we think, and he's going to come out and he's going to ball out. That being said, uh, Roman, uh, what do you think on Jimmy G's situation? What can we do with them? What is it going to cost us to keep them? I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to have to restructure, with this, especially with the, the cap being 185 going down. That's going to screw over a lot of teams. But for us, we do have cap space. We have, with the 185 mark, we have $24 million in space uh, with everyone's in contract. Jimmy G restructuring to a $10 million contract will free up about $14 million. 
And I feel like that's the most realistic. I know uh, we'll dive in all the other options eventually, but the options are right now, number one, Jimmy Garoppolo restructured. You draft a rookie quarterback. Number two, the Ferrari Watson. Number three, I think Darnold. Then you get into these guys like Wentz and uh, I believe Andrew, someone uh, Tashi brought up Andrew Luck. Right. So and I think that's the order of it in terms of like realistic possibilities. And in terms of Jimmy G's contract, um, he is making right now, let me show, tell you right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is set to make $24.1 million this year. And if he's released, uh, he has a $2.8 million dead cap, cap, which is not a lot. And so basically that means we save around $20 million a year. So if we do cut Jimmy Garoppolo, that's $20 million. That leaves us $44 million in cap space to make a bunch of moves. And, I mean, people talk about the 40 free agents we have. Um a lot of those guys are some are people we can replace very easily. Then some of the there are core players, and then we go through that list real quick. Right before we before we go to that list, so the question that I'm asking is, okay, so he is set to make twenty four point one million. Why would he take the pay cut to make ten million? I mean, it's just what you have to do this year with all the circumstances right now with COVID, and just for the team in general. We I mean we talk about him being this great leader. I mean. If you've seen interviews with uh, George Kittle, Fred Warner, uh, every 49er, the first thing you talk about is Jimmy Garoppolo's leadership. And if he wants to be a great leader and if he wants to keep everyone around, I think he has to take that pay cut. Right. And, but that, I, think, I think that's such a huge pay cut where not even the greatest leader of them all yeah, will I mean, take You know what I mean? I mean, I work a regular job. And, uh, and if someone asked me to take a pay cut, I wouldn't either. And I understand that. Right. But right now it's also – the valuation of a player, 24.1 million. That puts them around like the 13th, 14th most right now. Right. In terms of like your per year average. And I feel like that's fair for him, but that's still a lot of money for us. And that's the difference between keeping a guy like Trent Williams. You have to worry about Fred Warner's extension next year and keeping all these guys around. Do you really, and he's taking up, so the 24, that's roughly 195. That's about, that's over 5%. That's, 20 million out of 190, that's a lot of cap space he's taking. That's about that's over 10%. That's so, 11, 12% your cap space. Is Jimmy so, Garoppolo 12% of this team? Right. No, I mean no. But here, here's the thing. Can so it so if they if they pick up his option and they decide to pay him the 24.1, let's say without restructure, his contract is for two years, correct? Yep. Can if they restructure, does this contract have to be for two years again, or can he go for a three or four year contract? If they restructure, uh, so what happens with the restructure is um, he'll make, make less this year, but the thing is the end of the NFL, if you always look at a contract, you have, like, for example, Jimmy G's contract was 137.5 million and like, I think it was like 70 million guaranteed. Right. So that guaranteed money is always going to be there, right? But okay. if you restructure your contract, it gets carried over to like, uh, so 2021, it's 2023, 20, so like 3 million in dead cap those years. Right. So do you want to keep, do you bother carrying that dead cap or do you cut them right now, which no. they could tomorrow? So, sorry. Yes. So, so if none of the quarterback situation works out, we get stuck with one Jimmy G, we can backload his contract. He'll still get his guaranteed money. So him restructuring his contract opens up cap room for us this year, but in the back end, he's still going to get his guaranteed money, right? He'll still get his guaranteed money, but it's it's very it's a very small cap hit. It's going to be like three four million out of the cap, and after right. this year, it's going to go up again to like two hundred over two hundred million, and then it doesn't become an issue anymore. Well, no, then definitely I could see him taking a pay cut like that because technically he's not going to get the pay cut. He's eventually going to get the money. He's going to have enough cap room this year to maybe keep a Trent Williams 
maybe to sign a Fred Warner or a Bosa in the future and make sure that his uh, future is secure. And uh, that's also the thing. I mean, especially with this year, with, especially with all our free agents, there are a lot of guys we do have to resign. I mean, Trent Williams being one of them. Right. Uh, Juice. Uh, I can go over, I'm, I'll go over this shortly, but right. at the end of the day, when you talk about player valuation, right. is Jimmy Garoppolo worth 24, 25 million? No. He's a good quarterback, but he's not. I mean, I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's the best 49er I've seen in my, with my own two eyes. I'm 22 years old. <laughs> and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't old enough for Steve Young. I was right. still a baby when uh, Jeff Garcia was playing. He's the best 49er quarterback I've ever seen in my life, and I'm grateful for everything he's done. But at the end of the day, he's, you can tell there's a rift between him and Shanahan, and that's just something they need to take care of this offseason. And right. if it was a matter of health, we're not having this conversation, but the dude just cannot stay healthy. No, I mean, that, and, that, and that comes into the price tag also. You cannot pay a quarterback who you think that will play maybe eight to 10 games, $24 million, right? Because no, you're going to have to overpay for a solid backup. And, you know, these agents know that. These players know that. They know that, okay, if I'm a backup, the best situation for me, if I'm like a Ryan Fitch Magic, I will uh, end up with the 49ers, but I could get paid a little bit more than the average backup because I know that I will need to play. Or I have a good chance of playing because of one Jimmy Garoppolo and his injury uh, situation. Yep, and not only that, it's um, the matter of um, it's just the matter of you know this is a Super Bowl team, this is a Super Bowl caliber team when fully healthy. That defense is still legit. I mean, they have Debo, Ayuk, Yak Bros. They have that running game. This is a Super Bowl caliber team that's really a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. Right. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So. So if, if we restructure Jimmy Garoppolo, right, and that and that opens up some cap room, what are we doing with the other two Bam bros, which is Mullins and C.J. Beathard? Gone. Uh, Gone. I mean, Mullins has that elbow injury. And, you right, know, I mean, he'll come back, but, I mean, it's not like he – the dude has some of the worst arm strength I've ever seen. Do you really want a quarterback <laughs> who had elbow surgery come back? And C.J. Beathard just was an experiment that should never happen. I think – I've never seen – so I've never seen a quarterback. I don't know if you remember Sean Hill. I do uh, remember. Yeah. I don't. I've never seen two quarterbacks just stay tough in the pocket, and which is a bad thing, I guess, in this situation. Because if you look at if you look at the stats, and I can't I can't say I can't think of it right now, but uh, C.J. Beathard played a percentage of the games, but led the team in sacks, and it doesn't make sense to me. There's, I mean, there are just some quarterbacks that, like for example, Daniel Jones, also that type of quarterback, right. Uh, with that have no fear in the pocket and there are two reasons for that I mean number one you either are I mean you have a big sack and you just don't care about pressure number <laughs> two you just don't notice it right <laughs> CJ Beathard if you watched any game with CJ Beathard he fumbles at least once or twice a game right also I think there's a third reason also you don't understand the coverage that you're seeing out there that's also true so you're just like patting the ball patting the ball I mean you're that's what Colin Kaepernick used to do he used to get stripped right. a lot too because he would just not throw the football because he just didn't understand the coverages right no and you're absolutely right so so is a Ryan Fitzpatrick is a Jacoby Brissett is a veteran quarterback that's out there a good valuable option as a backup and how much would that cost us I would say uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I think they're going to have to be in a bidding war with the Miami Dolphins. I feel like they will come up. I mean, the dude played well for them. Right. The dude has a good deep ball. He's mobile. He's everything you want in the backup. A lot of veteran experience. He's a great mentor. If they do right. go with the rookie quarterback, a guy like Trey Lance will probably fall to them. Right. So, and so you said an interesting name right there. So we have the number 14th pick. 
12, 12, 12 pick. We have the number 12 pick and um, Trey Lance. If Trey Lance is there, we draft Trey Lance. We have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. Will we still take a veteran quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because Trey Lance is going to command first round type of money, right? And I, yep. right. So if you're drafted in the first round, you're making a pretty big chunk of coin, right? You are. No, you are. I mean, Solomon Thomas made 10 million. Mike McGlitchy making 8 million. We'll see. And that's a lot of coin. Right. I mean, for especially for a backup. Yep. Or especially like a backup, like what's his name? Jordan Love. That's not even suiting up. Exactly. Yep. Right. And so, and so is, is, is that a valuable option? Is that a, is that a real option for us to have another veteran quarterback if we draft a first round guy? I say yes. And that's, because, and that's, but that's also depending on what they feel with, um, Trey Lance's development, seeing him, uh, well, this year we'll have an off season, off season, like knock on wood. <laughs> and so that's like, we can see him like work through in, in practice. I mean, right. who knows? Maybe he lights it up in training, in the rookie training camp, uh, actual training camp, and he starts week one. Right. No, I mean, Trey Lance is a guy that, that has my attention. And I know from talking with you, you like Zach Wilson, but I don't, I don't think Zach Wilson will fall. Uh, that that not, far, no, there's, right. you know, there's no way. But once upon a time, Aaron Rodgers felt that far, but I don't think Zach Wilson will. But um, I think I, Trey Lance is an inter- intriguing guy to me, especially because everybody keeps saying that he never got a power five or never got a D, uh, D1 offer, which he did. Everybody wanted him to play safety. I think Alabama, Ohio State, all these other teams, they yeah. wanted him to play safety. And so if you got an athlete like that playing quarterback, and he's a D1 safety. He could play. He could be a D1 safety, he's and he wanted to play quarterback. He's right, a he's a great athlete. athlete. He has all the tools. Right. Uh, he has kind of a weird release, in my opinion, but that's something right. that worked out. I mean, right. Josh Allen wasn't the finished product. He shouldn't have started his rookie year. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Hand. He, uh, I think this year, Kyle kind of learned, okay, I can't just turn anyone into a, into a star quarterback after this whole Nick Mullins extravaganza we all watched this year. Right. No. And, and, and you're right about that. I think Kyle, he had to take a little step back and I think he was feeling himself a little bit too much, right. Especially after making that Super Bowl run and, yeah. uh, and training up for CJ Beathard and trying to think that he can make Brian Hoyer a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, these are just things that are just way out there, you know what I mean? And, yeah. but you're talking about release and there's another guy in the draft or I think we can get him the fourth or fifth. I wouldn't spend anything higher than a fourth or fifth for him. And he's got a funky release, and I don't think people remember that when Aaron Rodgers was in college, he had a funky release himself. But Kellen Mund is a guy that's, that that's has my attention, and I got a draft crush on him. Uh, here, I want to make it clear, right? I've been very vocal on Twitter that I want Kellen Mund. People know that I want Kellen Mund. I don't think Kellen Mund is a day one starter. I don't even think he might be a season two starter, right? But I do think that Kellen Mund was some type of work on his mechanics, he can be great. You know, I think that because Jimbo Fisher's offense isn't a offense that is for everybody. Jimbo Fisher isn't a coach for everybody. I think Kyle Shanahan's having this rep of being brutally honest with his players. And I think Jimbo Fisher has shown that when he'll chew a guy's butt out on the sideline. And I think Kellen Munn is a guy that has responsibility, has leadership, has all the tools. He's big. He's fast. He's athletic. He can dissect the defense. He was consistently throughout the whole season putting the, uh, 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 his team in, in position to succeed. Also, statistically, if you look at it, he's the only quarterback that did the best against that Bama defense this year. And that goes a long way because a lot of people were saying that about Patrick Mahomes when he played Alabama. He was the only quarterback that really did anything against Alabama. So I think 
Kellen Mund has all the tools. I think he might be a steal down there. And I and and so if Trey Lance isn't there, Kellen Mund's the guy that I really like. Did Patrick Mahomes say outbound? I, I think he did. I, I, if he didn't, then I am over here talking out of my butt like he, he did. I mean, I remember he had that 700 passing yard game versus uh, Baker Mayfield, that Oklahoma, number one Oklahoma. Okay. Well, maybe that was the game I'm talking about. It seems like so long ago now, right? It I don't want to be that guy that – that say something wrong on the, on the podcast, but I guess I'm going to have to be that guy. I'll wear it if he did it. But um, yeah. So, I mean, Kellen Munn's out there. Trey Lance is out there. There's the other court and all the other quarterbacks out there. After he played that, LSU, sorry. He played LSU. Okay. LSU. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. SEC team, but he also played four years in SEC, right? Yep. Um, So that's, that's a name that I like. Okay. So, Let's let's have a little fun here, right? And yep. and and the one that we want, the sports car, the Ferrari, everybody wants him. What is it gonna cost us to get a Deshaun Watson? Okay, uh, first things first, let me talk about Deshaun Watson. Uh, he was drafted in 2017, um, and he will be on his fifth year of his rookie contract this year. That's so good. For this year he's good. on his rookie contract, so it's a bargain bin for this upcoming year. Then his uh, super high. I think it's like 32 million, 35, and then like the huge cap. It, it's going to start next year. So for this year, he's on his rookie contract, and will it be able to resign our big guys? Um, in order uh, right, right now, I think it's a good time to talk our reagency list. Um, the people we must resign are going to be Trent Williams, Juice, uh, Quan Williams, great slot corner, unsung right. hero. Right. Barrett, we have to. Who said again? Sorry about that. Jason Verrett. Verrett, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Witherspoon, uh, I think we can get him cheap, Ronnie Blair, uh, but I think he probably goes with Robert Sala to the Jets. But if we right. can get him, uh, more power to us. Uh, ben Garland for a solid depth piece behind the line. I still feel like we address center via the draft or um, Alex Mack is a free agent. Right. I mean, Shanahan loves his boys, like his his, his own like offense guys. I mean, all I mean, Poison can uh Poise. Point in case is uh, Dante Pettis. Dante, yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, even um, Tom Compton, he was an ex-Shanahan guy. Ben Garland was also an ex-Shanahan guy. Really? He was, yeah. They were on the same team in uh, 2016 when the Atlanta oh. went to the Super Bowl. Shanahan loves his boys. He loves his boys. I mean, Levine Toy Lolo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is right. <laughs> Coleman. Uh, Cole, yeah, Devin T. Kevin Coleman, there you go. So, I mean, he loves his guys. Um, right. Uh, hopefully, Kerry Hyder was solid replacing Bosa this year. It wasn't the greatest, but as a guy who's going to back up Bosa coming off the ACL for the first month, he's not going to be 100%. That's a solid right. depth you want to have. Right. Uh, express turns of explosive rushers. Um, I really like the Aziz Najari. I cannot. What's his name again? Aziz. Look up his name. He's, a, he's coming out in the draft, right? Yeah. Aziz uh, Ojolari. Okay. I, I love I love Aziz Olajar. Reminds me of everything that's good about D Ford. And speaking of D Ford, um, right now if we do cut Jimmy Garoppolo and decide, we would have forty. Um, that does save up a lot of cap room. Right. Uh, cutting. I think two things that are going to happen, regardless. To talk about our salary cap issue. Right. Regardless, who's our quarterback? Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's a rookie quarterback, whether it's uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, Richburg and Ford are definitely not are not going to be in the 49 uniform next year, and they're just taking up too much money for no snaps. And we get out of their contracts by clearing and getting rid of both of them saves up 10 million. 
So we go from 24 to 34 million with Garoppolo's contract. So that's a, that's a really big deal. Right. So, I mean, also there's like a June 2nd mark, right? June 1st, June 1st. June 1st. What's that about? Uh, it's just, uh, depending on which side of the coin, like which side of the date you fall on. Uh, like for example, Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hit become uh, dead money goes turns less after June 1st. Right. It just, uh, I don't know. I forgot why that date's special, but it's just, um, I believe, uh, remember that big Cleo Mack trade happened uh, with the Raiders right. and the Bears? That was after June for, June 1st for a reason. Right. I think it has something to do with, like, um, the league year, like, officially starting. It was, like, training camp starting. I think that's what it has to do. I'm not sure exactly. Okay. And um, so I did the math on these three agents. That's going to cost us about $32 million to assign all those guys back. So roughly, give or take, that, I mean – Hopefully they can backload Trent's contract. By backloading, I mean, so I think he's going to command twenty million per year on average. I mean, right. he has to. He's the best tackle in football right now. Uh, right. Or if you want to argue, uh, someone else, one of the best tackles in football. No, he, he's top three no matter what list he puts in. That's yeah. just like your forty nine er friend bias, whatever. And right, paying top three money, so he's going to get twenty million a year at least. So, right. in terms of backloading his contract, you would do like, for example, ten million this year. 15 million next and then next in the his third year he makes 25 million he's also 34 i believe so i don't i wouldn't do a long-term co- contract and plus in three years you got to resign nick bosa so i say you you do like a three-year six 70 million 50 million 40 million guaranteed for trent williams for trent williams around that ballpark i mean right. so, and so doing all that right will that give us enough room for deshaun watson to come on board Oh yeah, this for this year, yeah, and then uh, next year, especially with, I mean, people are going to come back at record numbers, especially with COVID being done. Hopefully, knock on wood, next year, right? Uh, that cap room, I mean, there's not going to be a 185 cap room next year. It's gonna, probably going to be back to where it was normally, 195, maybe even 200. Okay. And that's just free cap space for us. I mean, Parag did a great job maneuvering the salary cap. Right. I mean, he does a lot for this team. That kind of, I mean, the, the Buckner trade is going to piss everyone off, including myself, but. Um, he does a lot for this team. And then even with Colin Kaepernick, his contract, Jimmy Garoppolo and his contract, he's done a lot for this team. What? Okay, so he what what is Watson supposed to make when his big money is supposed to kick in? Was it, would you say 32? Uh, let me look it up right now. Uh, he signed a huge – some Mahomes level contract. So, I mean, right. but I, worth it for that guy. Uh, let me look it up right now. Okay, so uh, this year his cap hit would be fifteen million. That's his fifth. Uh, this is fifth year option, right? But uh, Houston will be pl- uh, be paying most of that, so that uh, he they'll be they'll be losing five million in, in dead cap. Okay. And let me get back to Houston after this. Uh, next year he will be making his base salary will be thirty five million, but he will be making his cap hit will be forty million. Right. Twenty twenty three. Oh, sorry, I was looking at it upside down. So next year he'll be making forty million. Okay. Year two, 2023, he'll be making 42 million. Okay. So this is if we trade for him this year. Okay. So in order, if we get him this year, it goes from 15, 16 million. Houston pays some of it. 2020, next year, he would be 40 million. The year after, it would be 42.4 million. Then 37, then 32 million. Then he's a free agent. Which, and that's clearly a lot. Yeah. But which, in, con- in contrast, you look at it, it's, it's, it's 40 million, it's 42 million in the beginning. And then it starts tapering off where you got Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to be paying them close to 25 million, 70 million guaranteed for the next two seasons. It's almost like, okay, I would rather pay 
that much indifference to Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson is worth way more than that. He has every single tool you want as a quarterback. He mobile, huge arm, fearless in the pocket. Right. I mean, what more do you want from? And he's going to be working with Debo Samuel, IU Kittle. Right, and then and then so you were talking about Houston situation. What does Houston look like with the salary cap? So Houston right now is currently sixteen million over the cap. Sixteen million over the cap. So they need to unload something. They do need to unload something. Watson's contract definitely helps. Um. Also, I think a guy they might have to let go is JJ Watt. I mean, there's no dead, there's no dead money uh, to him, and there's a, there's a new regime in town. Right. It seems like it seems like JJ Watt hasn't been happy there for a very long time. No, I mean, plus, I mean, this is the effect you get with Watson. I mean, people are gonna hate me on this, and I know, but if we do have to give up a Nick Bosa for Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, why? I mean, all of a sudden, San Francisco becomes a contender. Why would JJ Watt not come to San Francisco to win a ring? That's just the effect you get. That's how Mahomes got Le'Veon Bell. Right. I mean, so when you have this a, a superstar effect around you, I mean. We see it in the NBA. We see it in the NFL. I mean, slowly and slowly, the NFL is becoming more like the NBA right. in terms of you have these veteran guys who are going to get bought out of their contracts. For J.J. Watt, he'll probably be cut for no dead money. Right. And all of a sudden, with we get Watts next year. We're hands down the favorite in the NFC. Right. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you go from having the worst quarterback in the NFC West, and some would argue the worst quarterback in the NFC Oh, come on. That's, 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 <laughs> not that's some. Kind of I said some, not me. I, I, would, I would, okay. And people, people get me wrong, right? People, especially from the last podcast, I went in on Jimmy G a little bit. I left, uh, let some of my frustration out of the season on him. I don't know if it was fair or not, but you know, he was, he's a quarterback and that's the position that he, he is in, right? So I think Garoppolo is somewhere from a 15 to 18 ranked quarterback in the league. He's average, he's middle of the pack. And he might, in a, in a, on a good day, he might be above average. He's never going to be a top 10. He'll never be a top five. I think also, also what I think is that he peaked out way too soon in his career, where I think we're on the, we're on the back nine of his career, where you got guys like Aaron Rodgers, and you don't know when he's going to uh, fall off the cliff, right? But I think Garoppolo is getting pretty close to that cliff. And I think this is as good as it gets, and this is his ceiling, right? And, and that's so – of his injuries too. And, right. I mean and, – and, and it, it's, it's like almost happen. the opposite of, of C.J. Beathard and him in the pocket where he wants to get rid of that ball a little bit too soon. I think we've seen it this season where those injuries are starting to pile up and, you know, no guy wants to get hit. You know, I mean, even Mahomes yesterday did not want to get hit. What is going to cost us besides a generational talent in Nick Bosa? How many picks are we going to have to give up? I would say two. Two? two? That's it? Two first-rounders and, and J.J. Watt. Uh, and it? I would throw in, like, we have five third-round picks. Might as well okay. throw in those two. So you're saying two first rounds, a couple of, maybe even a second, Why maybe not? a second, maybe a third and a Nikki Bosa. Right. Cause here's the thing with uh if we throw in, in terms of picks, I think Miami and Carolina are the two best teams with that. Right. Miami has number three, number 18 and number 50 this year. And so right. if, it, if it comes between a matter of picks, Miami beats us and Miami has Sean Watson. Right. But here's the, where Nick Bosa comes in. Nick Bosa is better than number three pick. He's better than number 18th pick. Hands down, right? We have the 12 pick, right? And next year's, I mean, whoever gets Nick Bosa, they're going to be in the late high 20s, whether it's us, whether it's Miami, whether it's Carolina, they're going to be in the high 20s, right? With next year's draft, so that's going to cancel out, right? I mean, who knows? So maybe someone gets injured and we don't 
uh, we don't perform as well, and all of a sudden another top ten pick, and that can happen too. Well, then and, I mean, if we don't perform well and we get another top ten pick, Shanahan and Lynch they got one more season. I think I think Jed Dewar will fire them after that if they don't if they don't do it. I mean, people have been fired for less around here. They have, but I mean, Shanahan signed that six year contract, so I don't think he's going to go I, anywhere. I, when it comes to like coaches, like I think we're still playing paying Chip Kelly, so it's just like. Doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? So I mean, I mean, we're not maybe we're not paying Chip Kelly, but Chip Kelly did not sign a one year coaching head coaching. You know, game, he signed right? a four year contract, I believe. Four year contract. So he what came he it was yet last year that he his contract finally was off the books, right? So I don't think Jed York has a problem with paying coaches even after they fire him, right? I don't think Harbaugh had a couple of years left on his contract, and I also you know Jimmy Tom Sula, God rest his soul. I mean, he's not dead. I wonder where he's at. Yeah, we, we we love ourselves from Jimmy Tom Sula. He or actually he was a defensive line coach for the Cowboys. I think he's still there, but um, he didn't sign a one year contract either. So we had probably what we had two coaches on the books that Jed York said he had no problem firing. You know what I mean? So guys have been fired for less. If we have another bad season in here, this is what I heard on a uh, different podcast today that the 49ers have had some success. And I know I'm going on a tangent again, but we have out of the three out of the four years of Shanahan's uh, regime, we have losing seasons and we've had some bad losing seasons. Granted this year's injuries granted, I give you that, but we dropped a couple games that are, or a few games more than maybe three or four games that I blame solely on the coaching. Uh, two of them New Orleans example. this year, New Orleans, that New Orleans, the Cowboys game and the Redskins game. Right. Also, you can't say Redskins, WFT, bro. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. But um, that game, but also I think uh, the Miami game starting Brian Allen, right? He, there's just, the dude's giving up bombs. I mean, he's trying his best. He's doing the best he and can. Akello is healthy. Akello right. is healthy. Right. And then you also got Jimmy Ward that can play corner. And then the game before that, you got da- Dante Johnson, who's playing with a partial tour hamstring at the end of the game. He goes on missions a month of the season because of that game. And he's in that game and he gives up the deep ball. So that's two games that we should have won. Those two games that I blame the coaches for, and that's and and eventually, right? We can't give Shanahan all the excuses in the book. He has the opportunity to go get his quarterback. I look, he like you said, he signed the six million or six million six year twenty one million dollar deal. It's not official, but that's what the rumor is twenty one million dollars. He's making the money. He's getting paid for the money. He needs to fix it. I don't care what the injury says. I don't care what it is. I don't want any more excuses. I don't want to be a six and 10 team again. I don't want to be a five and uh, 11 team again. I don't want to go seven and eight. I don't want to go eight and eight. I want to go to the playoffs. I don't, I'm not expecting to win the Super Bowl every year. Right. But you are a Super Bowl caliber coach. You are supposed to be some type of offensive guru genius. And you're supposed to have an offense that's supposed to work, make it work. I think this year really humbled him. I mean, one thing about Garoppolo is whether you hate him, whether you like him, whether you don't, I mean, he's competent. I mean, you look at Nick Mullins, that dude's incompetent, does not have the arm strength, way too small, not right. mobile at all. Makes Jimmy Garoppolo look like Mike Vick. Right. And but, but that that goes – I don't want to cut you off. I'm sorry about that. But that, that goes exactly in – you had people that wanted to trade for Mullins in the offseason. You right. know what I mean? You knew exactly what type of Mullins quarterback was. You knew exactly what type of quarterback C.J. Beathard was. If you didn't, that's a huge red flag, and you don't deserve to be a red coach. And that's just plain and simple. So it's either negligence or you just didn't care. One thing is I think he's starting to come around on is – and the, the way he talked about – he I don't know if you paid attention. The way he talked about Carson Wentz before right. 
the week four matchup, the way he talked about Josh Allen. Right. And how he hoped that he was coming out in 2017. Well, I mean, that's the next quarterback. What is it going to take for us to get a Carson Wentz? I would say the one thing is the way the NFL is starting to trend, especially with Josh Herbert outperforming his college, what he looked like in college. Right. It's becoming more of a tools. What tools do you have? We can teach you how to, um, if you have bad mechanics, we can teach you good mechanics. We can teach you good footwork. We can teach you how to read the defense. Can, right. Are you, can you throw a football six yards down the field? Can you make, if the pocket's not clean, can you escape? Right. I think that tools are becoming more, more of a, a bigger deal. And that's why a guy like Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, Josh, Josh Rosen got cut one year after. I mean, just didn't have the tools anymore. He, he seems like an old school type of quarterback. Ten years ago, he still started in the NFL, but he just doesn't have the tools. Yeah, he's got Sam Bradford written all over him. He does. I, right. God bless his old. God bless right. Him. So, so Wentz has the tools. What does it mean? What is it going to cost us to, for it to get uh, for that trade to happen? Uh, Carson Wentz. You're right. One thing is his contract becomes super affordable. Um, I mean, I sent you the tweet, right? I mean, it was like right. about 20, it was 23, 24 million on average for four years. Right. Which is what we're paying Garoppolo right now. And exactly. Wentz has all the athleticism in the world, probably top five arm talent. Right. Mobi- mobility, talent, everything. I mean, we saw Mahomes make that throw parallel to the ground. Right. And I, Wentz, Wentz can make that throw. Wentz can make that throw. I mean, people hate on him. Um, right. I think Philly broke him. Doug right. Peterson broke him. I mean, so, I don't think. When you say break him, it, it reminds me a lot of, of what Alex Smith went through with Mike Nolan. Now, you know, I mean, because we're, we're hearing reports, and the reports are, you know, and I, I've heard Adam Seffler say this on uh, Haberman Middlecoff uh, podcast, that he said that uh, the, the locker room doesn't like Carson Wentz. And, I've, and that was a lot of what people were saying about Alex Smith, that the 49ers locker room didn't like Alex Smith. But it wasn't just – the 49ers locker room, it was Mike Nolan was saying that calling uh, Alex Smith uh, Lionheart and Lionheart, not in a good way, Lionheart from Wizard of Oz, the lion and, and Wizard of Oz. Lion, had, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he was a coward, right? So he was calling Alex Smith a coward. And after this season, if you look at Alex Smith's career, that's far from what Alex Smith is, right? Alex Smith, I mean, I, it's incredible. I, it leaves me speechless to think about him coming back and even – not just walking, not just running, but be able to play a starting quarterback going in the National Football League. Going 5-1, and one, carrying your team to the playoffs. Going 5-1, and one, carrying your team to the playoffs. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it, it, it probably means he's going to come back next season even better and even healthier. Um, and it's just like, okay, is Wentz, is Wentz really the problem in the locker room? Or is it maybe the, is it the coaching staff? You know what I mean? Is, I mean. You hear this term a lot. A lot is uh, you just need to change the scenery. Maybe Wentz just needs to change the scenery. I mean, speaking of change of scenery, I mean, our boy Robert Salas in New York, and New York has a number two pick. What do you think of uh, uh, Sam Darnold? I mean, realistically, if we did trade for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I right. mean, either Sam Darnold or Josh Allen are our starting quarterback right now, is going to be our right. starting quarterback right now. Right. So, I mean, it all depends. Like, what would it cost Wentz for us to get Wentz? What would it cost Darnold? I mean, how many picks would we have to give up? The thing is, I mean, similar to how um, the Rams paid – it's kind of like the reverse deal of the Rams and Goff trade because Stafford didn't go over two first rounds because he's that good. Right. He just really wanted to get out of his contract. And it's kind of like the reverse case here where 
they're desperate to get. Remember Brock. Remember Brock Osweiler. Right. He the Broncos quarterback. He got what? Remember how he got traded for a second round pick to the Cleveland Browns? Right. So that wasn't because he's worth the second round pick. I mean, that was because they wanted to get out of this twenty million dollar contract that Houston Texans at the time. Right. And they wanted to get out of that contract. So they basically paid $20 million for a first-round pick. So what Philly is doing essentially is they're basically paying for first for high first-round picks and seeing right. if someone's – and seeing Stafford go for two first. Right. And, oh, I mean, we have a very talented quarterback here he can, and who can be – who's a solid – who's a good quarterback with the, on the right team. Right. And, I mean, all – I would all... say first. I think they want two first. I feel like they will get at least one and maybe two a first third. And... Two first, maybe a third. Maybe a third. Do we have to give up a Nicky Bosa for a Wentz? No, 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 no. Okay. What about Sam Darnold? What is going to cost us for Sam Darnold? I would say one first. They're looking for a late first. Maybe they can. We can give our uh, a late our second this year, which is a number forty-two pick, and a right. Third. So it's, it's pretty much a late first. Pretty much a late first, yeah, and then a, and then a third to make up for that. So maybe something like that. Maybe next year's first if they really want a first round that bad. I don't. I don't think Wentz is worth the first. I mean, look, Wentz. I mean, I mean, uh, well, not Wentz. Darnold. I think Darnold and Wentz are almost the same type of quarterback, where they have all the uh, athletic skills, and and they're big, and they got the cannon arms and all that. But they need a lot of work, right? And yeah, I, think, I think Darnold. One thing about Darnold, he doesn't. He's not great at anything. He has. He he's a more athletic Kirk Cousins. Right. No, I, I can see that. I can definitely see that. But. What does it mean for like um, if Trey Lance is there? Is, is does Trey Lance compare to those guys? The one thing I don't like about Trey Lance, he's only played seventeen games, right? And if you look at the track history of starters who have played seventeen and less or seventeen and more, it does not bode well. You got guys like um, who was the Washington football team quarterback uh, to start the year? Haskins. Uh, they got Haskins, uh, right. Mitch Trubisky. Kyler Murray, which is an exception. Right. Who's another one-year starter at QB? Um, is it DJ Jones? Or Daniel Jones, I mean? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I mean, and look, that's three out of the four. Doesn't that kind of raise a red flag to you? Yeah, I mean, it does. But then also, I mean, if you really look at it, you'll probably find a guy that was like the outliner, right? But, yeah, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. Yeah. But, it. I mean, so um, but you're, Trey Lance won't as cost you as much, you know what I mean? Also, but also on the on the flip side of that coin, Wentz and Darnold could be your day one starters. And that for that reason, right now, this you draft a rookie quarterback, you're saying we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. No rookie quarterback ever has. Right. So start week one. Um, no, and and I I think with a healthy team, a healthy team, even with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think our, our Super Bowl window is there. I think it'll be a little tough. It'll be tough, we'll especially with Brady in the conference. Yep. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back looking for some revenge. I think Aaron Rodgers will be in a mission. Well, I say that. They can't block Bosa. <laughs> yeah, I say that. And also they're going to be losing Aaron Jones. And he said himself they're going to be losing some players. So I don't think – but the Rams are going to be better with Matt Stafford. Russell Wilson will always be a problem. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray will be a, a year older, a year experienced. Uh, he, I think he was a little banged up towards the end of the year. But also I think Clinsbury is a fake. Um, oh, dude. The dude had Patrick Mahomes and couldn't have a winning record in college football. Come <laughs> on, man. Come on, man. Dude, yeah. dude still doesn't have a winning record in the NFL. I mean, to be fair, Patrick Mahomes didn't look like a winning quarterback last night. He didn't, he didn't. I mean, 
Um, and we'll, we'll get into that later. He did everything he could. He did everything. Right. He could. Yeah. No, we'll get into that later. And it, and it seems like he did everything he could in college too with uh, Clings, Clingsbury. Dude threw uh, 700 yards in one game. <laughs> yeah, he did everything he could. He did everything he could. Um, okay, so that – I mean, so it looks like Dak was also on my list, but it looks like Dak is going to get tagged by the Cowboys for another season. You don't pay Dak $20 million a year. I'm sorry. You don't pay him Deshaun Watson money. No, no. Okay. If you look at it that way, you don't pay him Deshaun Watson money. No, you don't. No, you don't. But the Cowboys look like they're going to have to, and hopefully he stays healthy for them. Uh, they'll probably bring back Dalton. Um and then there's a dark horse out there, and there's a little rumblings. I think it was a, uh, some bigger rumblings last week, but there is a guy out there by the name of Andrew Luck. What do you think of getting Andrew Luck? What do you think it will cost us to get Andrew Luck? Is Andrew Luck a, a option if he decides to come back? Well, let me see if he's a free agent. Like, uh, for example, uh, Gronk came off the year of retirement. He got traded right. to, um, to the Year. So it's going to be a similar thing with Andrew Luck. Let me look at this contract. So he was, so he signed his contract in 2016. He is a, a free agent this year. The Colts don't owe him money. So that is an option. But does he come, does he like football enough to come back? Yeah, that's, that's always a question you got to ask, right? You don't want a guy in your building that doesn't love football. Yeah. I think, I think his case is he did love football. I don't think he liked getting hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, poor guy. It was, that guy was so good. Had all right. the tools, literally the perfect quarterback. Right. No, I remember coming out of uh, college, he was like the highest rated quarterback. PFF loved oh, him, and and I think he was even higher rated higher than Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence is like number one for sure. Even like profile offense, Stanford. Right. Stanford. Um, right. Mobile. He was faster than Tim Tebow. Four six speed. He yeah. Every single throw. Just yeah. really thickly built quarterback, six foot four, two thirty. Right. And look what he did to that terrible Colts team. Made him a playoff team in a year. Right. Yeah. That so you said you said yeah, like a rookie team, well, a rookie quarterback will never go to the Super Bowl. He almost did. But uh, yeah, no. So I mean, I mean, if Andrew Luck is available and he's a free agent, I think the Niners just gotta do whatever they can to get him. I think that's the best quarterback for us. But that's a dream of myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I, I just don't see him coming out of retirement. Yeah. No. Exactly. Why so would he, I mean. Think about the Colts right now. They have legit everything. They have everything. Right. No, yeah. I mean, they're built almost just like us. They got their defensive lineman and Buckner that we used to have. They ha- they have a running – or not a running back, a linebacker. A, a top. This, oh, yeah. Darius Leonard's up there. Yeah, you, you know, and he's got a great old line. Who's that guard they got? What's his name? Quentin Nelson. Wow, Quentin Nelson. Oh, my gosh. I love watching his highlights. Fuck, man. The ball, we got the ball over the game, guy. I love I love watching his highlight. I, I coach offensive line in high school, man. I show my kids all the time. Like this is how this is what it means to be nasty, Quinn Nelson. Big athletic. And then they got a they got a rookie they got a rookie running back was it Jonathan Taylor right? Yeah. Right. And then they got Michael Pittman Jr. who has been coming up on uh, like towards the end of the season and then even in the playoff he made some noise. Big receiver, yards after the catch guy. Something what I was hoping the Niners would get. Um, right. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same phone on that, but you know you can't complain by Ayuk though. <laughs> Oh, fuck no. Ayuk is a superstar. You know, when, speaking of Ayuk, off topic real quick, I was looking at his college highlights, and this dude is a guy who wins 20 yards down the field. Right. Consistently. Like, and, I he, mean, we need I, a quarterback who can get, it, get him the ball down the field, 20 uh, yards down the field. Yeah, exactly. So, here, here's the thing that Herm Edwards, his college coach, uh, he made up a good point. 
Ayuk didn't start playing football till his senior year of uh, high school, and then from there he went on to play community college. And he was actually uh, like a safety. He yeah. Was, and he wasn't a receiver. He's been playing a receiver for two years, two, three years. Right. And so that's what Herman Edwards said. So he said that Ayuk is still learning how to play the position. And so once he starts learning – and people are are, convi- are, uh, are comparing him to uh, the the Packers wide receiver was it Adams, which is great, right? Adams, I love that. I love that. Right, case. but to me, I think when he gets it all done and figures it all out, I think he could be Julio Jones, bro. Honestly, I see like a mix of like Tyree Kill and like Julio and Devontae Adams. Right. Look at the way he cuts; it's so silky. He gets out of breaks. He gets right. separation with ease. He kind of reminds me of Odell Beckham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like just for you know, like a bigger Odell Beckham almost. And look at his arm length. Have you seen how long his arms are? I remember when he did that <laughs> yeah. the, when he scored against Buffalo, went through the. I'm like, man, this guy and the dude can think, jump out of the gym. I think it was Debo or or Kendrick Bourne or something like that. And they said, did you did you guys see his arms is dragging on the ground when he walked? So <laughs> it, was, it was a little funny. Quote. I mean, I was like looking at his highlights. It looks like he got alligator arms, like the ball like this. Like right. his arms are so long. Right. No, yeah. I mean, he he's he's great. And I mean, there's 10 to 15 wide receivers that got drafted this year that are going to be good. I'm glad that we got IU. You know, I mean, you got your Jeffersons, you got your Claypool, you got your the, the three guys that they thought that were going to be good. Lamb, Ruggs and uh, Judy. It's but you know, and IU for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I love I love IU. I, I love our guy. And, you know, what IU does with the quarterback can get him the ball downfield. Right. You know, I, I'm a homer, and so I love IU. But um, we are a, a analytics-driven podcast, and there was a game yesterday. And we're going to do this when the season starts again. We're, we're going we're gonna to go over situations of what coaches should have done better. And, you know, and it's easy, you know, for me that who coaches in high school football, I don't always make the right moves. I used to be an offensive coordinator on a JV level. I know people are laughing at me, but still, you gotta, um, you got to know what you're doing to be calling plays. Uh, I coach on the varsity level now. I coach the de- defensive line. I coach the offensive line. Assistant offensive line coach. I'm, I got the defense line coach. I got the tight ends. I got the fullback. So I know how the, the plays are designed and plays got to work and all that kind of good stuff. But also in that time, also in that, in that, in, in the game day field, it's, it's hard to be aware at all times. And there was a, there is a couple of plays where, you know, if, if, if they execute these plays, I don't know if the chiefs win that game. But um, at the end of the half, it was like third down. It was like third and two, and Andy Reid called a timeout. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. This was uh, towards the end of the half, right? Right. Oh, that was terrible. I mean, you're, it was 14 to six at that point. Uh, Tampa was content running it out. Right. You, have the ball, you received the ball next half. So worst possible case, you're down 14 to six. Uh, your offense can score 28 and a quarter. Right. No, and, 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 and it's and seven, it, that was a seven point mistake. That was a seven point timeout they gave up. Right. No, exactly. And it, it was the same thing that the Packers did, right? But the thing is, it's third and two. The clock is running. They got one timeout. The Buccaneers got one timeout. You know, if they take their timeout, okay, maybe they pass. But if they don't take the timeout, which it wasn't look like they're going to take no dang timeout, they were going to run the ball because they want the clock to keep running. Yeah. And Andy Reid needs to know that that the clock is running for a reason. And him stopping the clock, it changed the whole aspect of the drive. It changed the whole aspect of everything. That, take was, a shot here now. Play. that was when the game got out of hand for them. Right, exactly. And so they score at the end of the at the end of the half, and it's just and and you and you're just looking at Andy Reid. And also, then you start looking at the X and O's. So 
I, I, I mean, I'm, I was very impressed with Todd Bowles did. Uh, granted, he's not a head coach, man. He's won yeah. 10 games as a head coach as with Ryan Fitzpatrick as Fitzpatrick. Right. How is he not a head coach candidate? No, but the whole year, the whole year, Tampa has been showing it one high, a lot like what the 49ers do, a cover three type of defense. But they switched it up. They played too high. Uh, they wasn't in a cover two. It's, it's what they call quarters. It's called match man uh, quarters. I don't want to go too in-depth with it, but basically you're playing – uh, coverage to Tyreek Hill side, and then you're going to play man underneath with the uh, linebackers with your uh, tight end, and then you're going to play man on one side of the field, which is right the Sammy Watkins side. Pringles was matched up man to man, but wherever Tyreek Hill was, they were they were giving a bracket to him, and they were disguising that backup, and they were doing delay blitzes for him to put that in in two weeks and keep it simple enough for the defense to know exactly what they needed to do without busting a coverage to that Kansas City team team was so impressive, but. Yeah. But that safeties were playing 25 yards back. You gotta run the ball. Oh, you there it's an invitation to run the football right there. And can we give a sh- big shout out to Levante David for not being taken on that challenge regarding Travis Kelsey? He did a phenomenal right. job. Right. No. But yeah, you run the football with two, I mean too high safety, you're running the football. Every I mean, they the box was they had numbers in the box. You have a mobile quarterback. And when they did run the football to start the half, they got like 20 yards of Gary. Right. No, exactly. And yeah, they came out of the second half and they started running the ball. And I was like, okay, that's exactly what you need to do. And then they stopped, they went three passes in a row and they had to settle for the field goal. It was super frustrating to watch, especially it would have reminded me of, and I don't know if you're now I'm aging myself, right? I don't know if you're old enough to remember when Andy Reid was the Eagles. He lost a bunch of championship games. He lost a bunch of playoff yeah. games because of time management. Time management is always what killed Andy Reid. That's his Achilles right. heel. Right. Couldn't we get this Andy Reid last year? <laughs> or, or this Kansas City online, right? Oh, these refs too. <laughs> I mean, it was a recipe for disaster for the Kansas City Chiefs. But Andy Reid, Benemy, is that how you pronounce his name? Benemy. Right. They didn't do any favors, you know what I mean? And then Spag and then Spags, he started spadging out in the in the half and second half. He just started blitzing really dumb and and it and it and it they got beat them in the butt. Screens. I mean yeah. Gronk ran there was a player Gronk ran wide ass open. Yeah, a play. pop pass. It was a high school pop pass. We <laughs> love pop pass. Yeah. I mean, and it was Brian Liftwood did a great job in in keeping the play call even. He was a step ahead of uh yeah. the entire game. Right. And, you know, it, Brian Leftwich was impressive. Arians was impressive. Everything about that, uh, Todd Bowles was impressive, but Kansas City Chiefs, they did not do themselves any favor. I mean, it was the worst game to lay an egg in. And, you know, and I can feel for them. Maybe they're, they were preparing for the one high for the whole two weeks or looking at game film, and, and the Buccaneers came and switched it up on them, and, and they did a fantastic job. Well, I saw a play earlier uh, there where they, how they attacked too high against the Buffalo Bills. And it was a Travis Kelsey touchdown, and they ran the same exact play versus the same exact coverage. The difference was is uh, Shaq Bear and JPP bearing down on their face. Right. But at the end of the day, you know you have two you have two new tackles starting. Why not run the ball, tire out that pass rush? What they did to us last year, tire out that pass rush in the fourth quarter. Right. And go balls to the wall, start flinging the ball downfield at will. Right. Exactly. You, I mean... football, you control the game. I mean, I was tweeting it the whole game. Run the ball. You control the game. Um, right. No, that's what Shanahan wants to do, regardless of who we had at quarterback, control the ball, control the clock, get your play action. That's where you get the big shots. Right. No, exactly. And and you bring up a good point that, you know, for a year, I think football was a little lost. And even Nick Saban said to himself, he's not sure if defense wins championships. Right. 
but this was an old school type of game. Uh, Tom Brady, That's he went. Man. Yeah, big, he, I, I used to play tackle back in the day, uh, fifty pounds ago. But um, right. I mean, this is this game was one of the trenches. Right. One, one in, yeah, it was one in the trenches, and Tom Brady played an old school game, barely above two hundred yards. He had three touchdowns. He was like something for like twenty two to twenty eight, but. Uh, both running backs had double digit carries and they had a bunch of yards. And the only mistake I guess we could we could talk about the Tampa Bay was the the goal line, the fourth down, the third and fourth down call for Arians. What do you think about that one? Oh, you're talking about the one where he got stuff at the one yard line? Yeah, stuff at the one yard line. Yeah. You know what? That wasn't that was the right call. I mean, look at okay, so they kick a field goal, it's three to seven, and all of a sudden that's momentum for Mahomes. They get the ball at the 25 yard line, most likely it's touchback. And then they're driving again. Okay, they got stuffed the one yard line, fourth and goal at the ball. Uh, now they got to go 99 yards, three to seven. And look what happened. Uh, I mean, you get the your defense is playing well. Make them go 99 yards. They get a 15 yard pass first play. Uh, your defense holds them. They get that shank punt, balls at the 40 yard line. And all of a sudden you're in field goal range again and you hit the field goal next drive. I mean, look at the worst thing that could have. So your defense is playing well. Worst possible case, they score seven on you. And it's, sorry, three to three to seven. Wait, seven to ten. It would have been seven to ten. Worst possible case. Right. No, so so I don't got a problem with going for it. And this is where analytics, you need to throw that all that out of the book, right? You're going to go for it. I understand you're going to go for it, right? So you run it on third down because you know you're going to run it on fourth down, right? But you don't run the ball with Ronald Jones. Especially oh, when you got. Four down, 240, yeah. four Three speed, come on! Right. I mean, he's lucky. He's lucky that that punter shanked the ball right, and it, and it just didn't even matter. And I think they scored off of that after that drive, right? But yeah, I mean, you flip the field position. The very yeah. best case, you flip the field position at least if you, even right. if you don't get it. And that's where, you know, I mean, where Buffalo lost the game, not going for a fourth and one, up nine. Right. No, when they were trailing, they still didn't go for it. That's it's maddening to watch. Right, and you're exactly right, but you either you go with playoff Lenny or you got the best quarterback sneak quarterback that ever lived, right? It's fourth and one. You let Tom Brady just do it. You know what I mean? Tom Brady, first, he's going to find a way. He's going to find a way to get that ball in the end zone, and it's going to happen a lot quicker where you don't have to turn around and hand off the ball. It's going to be a, a, a little wham play, wham, get in there. And um, and so, I mean, that was the only thing that I, I had against the, the Buccaneers. After, other than that, those guys played a perfect game. Arians so, played a perfect Vita game. Vita Veo, shout out to my, my Bay Boy 408. <laughs> yeah, Vita Veo. Vita Veo balled out. Yeah, Vita Veo. He did. He did. I, uh, we played against him. I coached against him. That dude was a, a great, great, great player. That dude was playing quarterback at that size, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I mean, yeah, and Tom Brady being a Bay Boy himself. Seven and then and then, and then, the best part of the game was Antoine Winfield giving the peace sign to Terry. Oh, Tyreek Hill, sorry about that. Tyree I'm gonna buy Hill. that. Someone, someone making a T-shirt of him buying it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a I mean, he should make a T-shirt. <laughs> I don't get why they call that a flag, man. Come on, they should. I don't that. care if I was Arians. Um, if you I was, happen, he won the game. Yeah, if I was Bruce Arians, I'd, I'd, I'd be like, do it again, get another flag. But <laughs> yo, Brady, yo, Brady talking that shit too. Oh yeah, to Honey Badger. Yeah, Honey Badger, that was a, that was great to watch, man. Yeah, even Honey Badger said after the game, he said he wasn't expecting that Tom Brady to come out like that. I mean, come on. That dude is barking at Ray Lewis back in the day. And <laughs> yeah. you think he's scared of Honey Badger, man? Nah. Nah, so, I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed our show today. Um, we're going to bring you guys something, everything weekly. 
Uh, next week, we're going to uh, be breaking down the uh, free agents, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, so we got, like uh, like you said, we got 40 free agents set. I mean, all 40 not going to come back. We're going to get into it. There was a couple of names that uh, Roman said that I don't agree with. And, you know, I'll, I don't agree that we should bring Juice Check back. And I, don't, I, know, I know people are going to be cringing a little bit, but I'll explain it to you in the next podcast why I don't think we need to bring him back, what's he going to cost. We're going to talk about everybody's money, uh, what, what are they going to command, what do the market's going to look like? Where can we go cheaper for a better production? All that kind of good stuff. Uh, Roman, uh, let, let them know where they can find you at, bro. Oh, uh, you can follow me. at. Uh, I'm starting a new page right now. Uh, Game Breakers Analytics, GB Analytics 24. And uh, my Twitter at Jagdev77, J-A-G-D-E-V 77. And uh, just follow me on Twitter. Right. So, um, like I said, you know, we both got a football background. You know, I coached high school, played at high school. Roman himself is trying to get a master's degree in yeah, football played, analytics. Yeah, I played football for 12 years. Yeah, he played football for 12 years, right? And so he's trying to get a football degree in analytics. You know, I mean, we love football. We're just not an athletic guy. So we're behind the laptop. We're coaching. I blow a whistle and I teach kids how to play uh, football. And then uh, Roman's over here doing what he can on the computer. So, you know, football is evolving. And it's becoming a new type of uh, sport. I mean, it's the same old football, but there's a new type of characters. There's a lot and of money involved, right? A lot of money. A lot of help, money. You got to help these guys make the decisions, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, John Lynch, hit us up if you need us. Uh, yeah, and with that, we'll see you guys next week. All right.